Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo. This episode is supported by Flying Solo's premium membership. Stacks of low-cost tools and promotional benefits to help your business thrive. More details on the website. Now look, on with the show. I'm really happy to be speaking with David Jennings from System Hub. Uh, now, we haven't spoken for a while, Dave. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Very glad to be back. That's good. Look, I, I can't remember exactly when it was. It's a few years, but look, I've been uh, I've been following your work and seeing what you're doing, and um, and gosh, there's some some great stuff going on. And I know that your your kind of reason for being, and certainly in work, is to help all of us get our systems and processes in place. I know you've got some tips to share, um, but I just can't wait to get into it because it, you know, does it still surprise you? how many smaller businesses still are a little bit mm, so-so with their systems and processes? I do find it surprising. The more I've dug into it, though, I've, I've started to understand the psychology and why and understand that it's just the makeup of the business owner and the founder. Oftentimes, they mm. are big picture thinkers. They see a problem out there in the world. They want to solve that problem. They... Uh, you know, move quickly, solve problems, jump from fire to fire, and that's how they get it off the ground and and in startup mode. That's what you have to do. Mm. And then once you kind of start to grow, um, and you want to have the ability to be able to step out of the daily operations of that business and have team members step in, that's when you need systems and processes. But it does take a different mindset. It's more of a, a detailed oriented mindset. It's someone who is good with the project and people management. And oftentimes some of those skills, um, they're just a different set of skills. And mm. all of the um, those skills that the business owner had uh, were that were making them successful up until that the point they are right now, they've yeah. just been reinforced. They are putting out the fires, they are solving the problems, uh, and that's how they've been successful. But yeah. to move through to that next level, you've actually got to let go of some of those bad habits, and that's really where people have trouble. So I, I kind of get it now. I, I, I see it as just a, a big problem that um, most business owners have a problem bridging that gap, growing yeah. from sort of solo to small team to to a, a larger business that works without them. Yeah, look, I think that's so true, and it's um, uh, it, it, you know, the way you put that there is 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 so so correct. You know, <laughs> certainly for what I observe is that, you know, in startup, it's all high energy. You're kind of ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing. You're doing spinning all the plates, doing everything. But then you do, as you rightly say, you get to a point where okay, this business is working. We're onto something here. But the danger there, I think, is by that point all the systems and processes are in one person's head. Um, and it's getting it out of their head and into some kind of documentation that is the piece that I think so many people struggle with. But whenever mm -hmm. I, you know, whenever I hear people that are in that position, I think, oh, please, please make this step because the freedom that you get the other side, you know, when you actually think, oh, I don't need to worry about that now because I've written it down anybody can do this you know but yeah. it's it is it's a different mindset but my gosh when you do embrace that that mindset it opens up so many possibilities don't you think i mean it's just the most yeah. this is one i remember sorry i will get we will get to your tips in a minute i remember a few years ago somebody introduced me to the whole concept of lazy leadership which i'm sure you'll be familiar with 
And when I came across this, I thought, oh, this is magic. This is, this is me. I'm a lazy leader. And to this day, I have great pleasure in telling people I'm a lazy leader because my view of lazy leadership is when something comes across my desk, I think, okay, how can I systematize this or systemize this and get it off my desk to somebody else? And that's that to my mind, that's what a lazy leader is. I'm always looking to shunt things away. But I know that the way to do that is to put a system in place for it. Does that work for you? Yeah, definitely. And I'd I'd like to um I just think it's like we call it systems thinking in our business. Mm. <laughs> but I like the idea of lazy leadership there. I, I also like the idea of the entire team um, as you start to grow. And even when you're working with contractors to embrace that same thinking, you always mm. want to think in terms of how do I capture what it is that I'm doing to make it replicable and um, you know make my job easier, make my other team members' jobs easier, and how can I step out of doing this on a recurring basis or plug in another team member who can help out, who might be able to do it at, at lower cost? Like that's definitely something you always want to be doing. I know as a business owner and a solo entrepreneur, when you're solving the same problems over and over and mm -hmm. over, that's what drains mm. that entrepreneurial life force that's, that's within you. It sucks the blood like, out of you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, mm. it's that repetitiveness. Whereas we're a, a business owner and a founder and a, uh, you know someone who's starting up a company, where they're best is when they're solving problems, but you don't want to be saving the same problems over and over. No, you want to no. be uh, increasing the quality and um, sort of moving up that, that value chain of problem solving. So, yeah, that development of a system really is about how do I solve this problem once yeah. and then have it solved for eternity. And if you do that, over time, you start to build up this database and collection of systems and processes, and each little system or process saves you a little bit of time and mm. energy. And then there's a compound effect. And then what you do is you start to free up those chunks of time. Uh, it, it, it then gives you space as a business owner to see opportunities. And that's where a lot of business owners get stuck. They get stuck in the day-to-day -day operations. There might be great opportunities around them and they just can't see them because they're so focused on their day-to-day -day work. Whereas once you get systems and processes, once you start to delegate and you can skill up, you know, whether it's contractors or part-time employees, full-time employees, whatever it is, if if they can handle things and you know that it will be delivered to a certain standard without you having to micromanage or cross-check it, that gives you extra space. And with totally. that space, then you can, you can do new things. The next move. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, sol sitting in a business solving problems all day is draining and it's you're not moving forwards. It's just it's crazy. Well look, I hope we haven't mm -hmm. sort of trampled all over your your seven oh. seven myths in our intro, but um Let's. Where do we go? Where you know? Yeah. What are what are what are some of the myths that you've uh, come across in in the years that you've been working in your business like this? Well, the the biggest thing I find with 
um, business owners, when I mention the word systemization or creating documented processes, there is a lot of baggage that goes around with those terms. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do, reignite the discussion around business systemization, particularly for small business. Because a lot of times people think of when they think of systemization, it might be something like Lean or Six Sigma, some of these methodologies that work for very large organizations but when you apply it to you know, the solo business owner or the micro business, um, they're, they're way overkill. Um, they're, you're, you're designing systems that don't have a big impact um, on the bottom line. And um, there, there's just a real mismatch in that methodology. So I try and address firstly some of these myths because then it gets someone to go, well, maybe – Maybe I tried systemization in the past or maybe I thought I tried systemization and it didn't work and it failed and I reached the conclusion that systemization wasn't for me and my job can't be systemized. Um, maybe the the reason they reached that conclusion was through some false beliefs or believing some myths, something that they might have heard or jumped to a conclusion, yet I find when you test some of these uh, myths and assumptions, you start to realize, hang on, maybe that isn't true and maybe systemization can work for me. So some of the big myths, like my top seven, and I'll move through them mm. quickly and then what we can do is maybe address each one of them. Sure. But one myth number one is that you're going to need hundreds of systems to run your business. Right. Myth number two is that the business owner needs to create all the systems themselves. Myth number three is that you don't have the time to create the systems um, or that it's going to be very time consuming to do. Uh, myth number four is that you're going to need complex tools or platforms or software to make it happen. Uh, myth number four is that even if you create, uh, sorry, myth number five, even if you create systems and processes, your team members and contractors aren't going to follow them. Um, myth number six is that systemization removes creativity. And myth number seven is that you need to systemize like McDonald's. <laughs> so these are seven very common myths that mm. I come across. Um, and I've just found the deeper I dig into them that uh, there, there is a different way to think about them. And it, it just breaks free the, the business owner to go, hang on, well, maybe systemization is for me. Hmm. Look, that's, that's so interesting. So really, those seven myths, they comprise the baggage that you're talking about as well, don't they, largely? Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so you know, it's so funny, and I won't. I don't want to steal any of your thunder here, but you know, I'm a total systems convert, and um, that's not to say I haven't been since since day one in my own business. But I know with with flying solo, we got to a point where we thought, hang on a minute, we need to be doing things better than this. There must be a better way to do this. So i'm in total convert now and we started this is sam peter and myself you know maybe i don't know 2008 or something we started in what i think was the, the simplest but just the most effective way where we all just started kind of dumping ideas into a common document a google doc you know the we the three of us just thought okay what are the things that you do repeatedly that you really just don't want to do anymore and we were doing it from a very sort of selfish position you know, and that's what I said to Simon Peter, let's get rid of all the stuff that none of us want to do. That was kind of where we started. It mm. grew bigger than that. But that was that was really exciting. We had some fun with that. And we said, oh, I'm sick of doing this. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that. And 
in a very short space of time, a, a kind of uh, a virtual person um, was created before our very eyes in this stock. We thought, well, hang on, there's, there's, there's an individual can do all of that. All we've got to do is start the systems in place and all of that stuff can be done so much more effectively by somebody else. And that sort of set us on the systems path. So we jointly kind of got rid of our baggage in one hit. Um, you know, so all I'm saying to the listener, any listeners um, who have any struggle with systems is please listen to Dave because my gosh, the other side of it is brilliant. Brilliant. So um, it, that was a very good anecdote because it kind of deals with this myth number one, this mm. idea that you're going to need to create hundreds of systems and you don't. And mm. um, there's really oftentimes as little as 10 to 15 core systems when you document those will have a, a, a marked impact on the business and enough to really get you pumped and excited to be able to see the results that they have. Yeah. So I've I have a process I call the critical client flow, and it's kind of like a customer journey, but it deals with uh, the back end of the business as well. But if someone wants to think about their business and they got an A4 bit of paper and at the top, they just started off listing um, how do people become aware of your business? So what are the different traffic sources? Then think next rung down, how do you answer the phone or the inquiry when it comes through, whether it's through the website or they call on the phone. Then next one down, how do you, what does your sales process look like? What do you say when you're uh, on the phone and are you creating a proposal and how does that look? Then the next one after that, how do you invoice the person to get them started? Next one after that, uh, how do you onboard that client um, and make sure that you set up the project for success? And then how do you deliver the product or service? And then how do you get them to come back? Mm. So it's from getting the client all the way through to delivery and getting them come back. If you map that out at a high level, literally just do one word uh, for each of those different things. Just focus on what you are doing, not what you would like to be doing. Start there first. And through that process, what you're doing is you're, you're trying to capture how the business makes money. And if you can systemize how the business makes money without the business owner, then you're in a really strong, powerful position. And that process we just went through there, there's probably only 10 to 15 little boxes that would fit underneath each of those. Now, each of those boxes, uh, you can write a more detailed how-to document. And we can talk yeah. a little bit about how to do that. But that right there, those 15 systems you, you don't need hundreds of systems you need 10 to 15 to have a big impact yeah look i, I totally agree with you and, and again you know hearing you say that I, I remember going back to what before flying solo when i was working in a sort of coaching and consulting role and my very first system i didn't really realize it until you just said that uh, what i found was happening with me in my work is that i'd be i was doing a lot of writing at that time so I'd find myself kind of writing a, an article for a newspaper or something. And then the phone would ring and it would be a new client inquiry. But I was in the writing mode. But I answered the phone because, you know, that's what you do when it makes a ringing noise. So I kind of answered and I have to, had to shift from writer to new business onboarding um, instantly and it was a struggle a real struggle so what happened was because I didn't have any system I do it clumsily and then I'd hang up the phone and go oh I forgot to ask them that and oh why didn't I do that you know all those they sound, sound so ridiculous now but 
all I did is a, is a solution. I came up with a number of bullet points that I kept on my desktop on my computer on a little text post-it note so that if the phone rang, I click that and I know exactly here are the six or seven things I need to say, I need to do, I need to action, and I need to follow up. And it made, meant I could slip from one person to the other person, the one role to another role, in an instant. And that's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly mm. right. And that idea of um, kind of moving in then to the, the second myth um, around the myth itself is that the business owner needs to create the systems. Mm. So we, we talked about um, you just then thinking about answering the phone and maybe thinking about the key steps that you would go through and, and how you handle that lead. The, the Some of the systems you may need to create some of the systems you might actually be able to uh, tap into some other contractors, freelancers, or content that is already out there that solves that problem. Quite yeah. quite a lot of the problems that you have uh, in business have already been solved by someone else out there. It's Absolutely. just a matter of finding those solutions, and that's what I mean. Flying solo is all about. You know, yeah. there's. It's a it's a problem solving machine in there. Hmm. So and it's what you do because you, you've recently started, or not that recently, but you started your own podcast, haven't you? Where you kind of pull a whole system apart and then record it. Is, is that right? Exactly right. Hmm. So I I recognise that uh, every problem that I have inside my business is just a problem with a system or a process. Whether I haven't got it documented or it's poorly documented, it, it always comes back to a systems problem. So then I thought, well, maybe I just start interviewing people who have solved that problem. So I'm having some problems, let's say, collecting um, you know, payment from some clients and I feel like I'm already always chasing them. Well, I could go interview a bookkeeper or an accountant and say, you know, how, how do you see the best way to mm. collect money from um, uh, clients to make sure that I don't have to chase them? And then I would interview them, the stepped process on how that's done. And then that becomes a podcast episode. But then the step beyond that is I have a team member who listens to that step-by-step um, -step system and then basically lists out and documents it and then mm. I just add that into my database so over time I've through the podcast um, and just the work that we do we have started to build up this database of solutions to common business problems mm. in, in all of the different areas everything from lead generation uh, to sales to HR to um, onboarding and finance and management um, I've just started collecting these but the the takeaway, that myth number two, is that that you need to be the one that creates hmm. all of these systems as the business owner. Yeah, when oftentimes, nowhere to look, no. they're out there. Or maybe it's just a matter of interviewing someone who already knows how to do it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, That's so good to hear, and I, I think it's terrific that you're doing that through your podcast. And you're right. And I think if you know, I think if you possibly know Kate Toon, who's very well known yes. to a lot of people in Flying Solo. You know, she's built a, a community of writers and she's all over this. You know, she knows that what writers, a lot of the um, the challenges that, that freelance writers have are, are the same. You know, how do you put a good proposal together? How do you respond to a first inquiry? How do you handle an objection to something you've written? So she creates, has created a whole suite of tools 
that people can buy or get as part of the community. As you say, like it's very rare that we're the first person ever to have these things. So we don't need to do it ourselves, but we need to be clear, what is it I'm looking for? And then go looking and we're going to find it. Chances yeah. Are. And mm. then um, moving into myth number three, um, f- once you've sort of found it, um, and another way to kind of unlock this and make it easy for you because there's um, the the misconception that you're going to need to be the one that creates it. There's another misconception, which is myth number three, that you, you won't have the time or it's very time-consuming to do. Mm. Now, if you can um, – you might go to somewhere like Upwork or Freelancer and uh, find a contractor who likes – and enjoys writing systems and processes. Mm. Now, I know a lot of people in the flying solo community, and you mentioned Kate's community, uh, are writers, and they might enjoy it. There might be a lot of other business owners that don't like the idea of writing systems. So Mm. I always break up systems documentation into a two-person job. There's the person who has the knowledge, and then there's the person who does the the Mm. documentation. And sometimes, quite more often than not, it's better to have that two as two separate people. You just record the task getting done. So let's say it's issuing an invoice to a client or let's say it's answering the phone when that lead inquiry comes in. Mm. Literally record yourself and what you say. Let's say it's the inbound phone inquiry. Use the Dictaphone app on your phone. Just have it sitting next to the phone as you answer it. Record that audio. Then you send that audio Uh, off to your document to have them listen to it Mm. and they can start to pull out the system or you screen record when you issue an invoice out of zero and you send them the video. So it's almost like version one of the system is just the recording and then version two is some basic documentation to go with. Yeah, that's, and that's I agree, and that was such a revelation to me when I found that there are people that just love this stuff, yeah, you know, and are so good as it. And we we were very fortunate a few years ago with Flying Solo when we started working with with our first kind of uh, admin support person, and she was that kind of person. And any time yeah. there was anything new, well, we'd simply have to say, well, could you just um, keep a note of this new process? And write it up for us. And she loved it. Yeah. And, you know, little by little went through the entire business like that. It's That's such a great point. We don't have to do it all ourselves. And I love the, your suggestion there of just recording it and, you know, maybe getting it transcribed or whatever and just and turning it turning it into a, a process. Yeah. So lovely, lovely. Okay. So we've looked at... Um, there aren't hundreds of them. Um, they're not all really difficult and tricky to do. They're not massively time-consuming. We don't have to do yeah. it ourselves. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? What's, where's, what was our We're next one? We're only halfway. That's right. So um, step uh, myth number four is this idea that you're going to need complex tools. Now, you mm. already touched on this a little bit uh, earlier where maybe you just start off with a Google document Uh the takeaway here is simple is always best. You don't need to start off with some fancy tools. Just make it easy on yourself. And the same when you document the systems. They, the systems don't even have to be perfect to start with. Mm. Just getting version one down, getting it consistent, getting it off your plate is a huge win. Then mm. you could just monitor it and this becomes part of the culture. You want this to be 
part of the way that you do business. You want to have a systems thinking mindset. Uh, and you, whenever there's a problem, you just go and have a look at the system related to that issue and then see, can we tweak or change it? And that's a much better, slower approach on on how to do it. Um, and I think you'll get bigger wins that way because mm. it just it, it takes the the brakes off and at least gets you some momentum and gets you rolling. Yeah. Uh, would you agree that um, that sort of systems and processes in most small businesses they are sort of living, breathing things, aren't they? They're not something that yeah. we kind of create and stick away in a file and never look at. We 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 should regularly assess them and say, okay, is that still relevant? Has that changed? Should it be upgraded? Should it be shifted? Would would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think it extends even beyond small business. Mm. I think that's just the way that systems are. It's it's a constantly evolving, living, breathing document. Uh, some doc, some systems as well are going to have less detail and some will have more detail. If you're uh, you know, a solo business owner and there are certain things that you're doing, maybe one of those systems that you know you're not going to be able to delegate for quite some time because it is the core of what you do, just keep it high level. Still get the high points. Just do bullet points on what gets done. Whereas um, maybe the system that you pass to your bookkeeper to issue out the invoice or whatever it is, um, maybe you get them to build something more detailed or maybe you've got some, you know, you, you want someone to do some keyword research for you for your website before you do your blog post. Well, maybe that's from a contractor that you're finding on one of those freelance type websites and you do have more detailed documentation because it's not always the same person. Maybe... Mm you know, that person drops off and you plug someone else in. So you know there's a higher turnover there, so it warrants going into more detail. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, great points. Great you kind of just have to really feel out the business and where it's at, and you're right. It just it becomes this evolving thing. But as long as you start, because the, this is the real asset within the business. Mm. It's how you do what it is that you do. Totally. And you do it consistently. Yeah, and look, um, before we go on to your the next point about whether it's followed or not, I, I, I it's worth mentioning as well. You know, you know, Dave, and most people listening will know that that we sold Flying Solar a couple of years ago to David Kosh, and I have to say that one of the things that really helped us through that whole process in a in a big way was the fact that we were able to say, "Here's the business, and here's how it runs." You know, and yeah. here's how everything happens. Here's how we do everything. Now, you imagine that, people listening, from, you know, a buyer's perspective. Of course, that's what you want. You don't want to buy a business and think, my goodness, this is complicated. How the hell am I going to do this? Whereas if somebody says, well, this is how you do it. It's like if you buy a car, there's an owner's manual in the glove box. Yeah. You know, it's the same sort of thing. It's the value it builds in a business. Um, is is just huge. So your point about um, won't be followed. I'll, I'll touch on that one because mm, the, the, sure. the, the point that you just made there is is key because ultimately what you're doing is de-risking for the business owner who's per, or the acquirer because mm. they don't want to buy the business and then find that it doesn't work without the business owner still there. So by creating the systems and the processes, you're heavily de-risking, which means you're heavily increasing the chance of success, which increases the value in their eyes. Mm. We just recently had a, a client um, 
through our, our software platform, System Hub, who cancelled her subscription. Um, and I said, I, it was strange because whenever someone cancels, I have a little bit of a look just to see were they using the platform and all those sorts of things. And she was very active in there. She had multiple team members and everything looked like it was just humming. It was ticking all the boxes. And I asked her why she was cancelling. And she said, oh, we've just been acquired by a big national company. Mm -hmm. They want to roll out what we're doing. It was a doggy daycare centre, diggy doggity daycare in Melbourne. And they want to roll these daycares out, doggy daycares, in across Australia. So they purchased her business because it had all the systems and the processes. She said there were two main things that they looked at when they were acquiring. First was to make sure that the, the uh, business model was sound and all of the financials stacked up. And second were the systems and processes because they That's wanted brilliant. to be able to replicate it. Well, good on you for make, having the courage to make that phone call as well. I mean, it's you know, it, it's it's what we should do. We need to understand. This is a different topic altogether. Well, it's a slightly different topic, but we need to understand why do people move and why do people leave our business? And sometimes it's for a really gorgeous yeah, reason like that. Like that, that was a win for me because yeah, uh, the, the corporate had their own customized solutions so they just mm. downloaded everything from system hub and then imported it into their their platform but for me yeah. that was a win like my my purpose here is to free the business owner from the day-to-day -day operations of running the business and and build their business to a point where it's actually got some value that it might be interesting to someone else and then yeah. The business owner can as well choose when they work, what they work on, and they can really work on their passion. I know when a lot of business owners get started, the solo entrepreneur, the reason they get started is because they they want that freedom. Mm, and totally. what's what's always interesting I find is is when they first start up, they realize they actually lose more of their freedom in those first few years because it's so much more consuming than mm, they expect. They're doing everything. They're doing everything and, and they actually then become chained to the business and it, it doesn't actually give them the freedom they, they originally started the business for. That the systems is actually what unlocks this and then enables you to get that freedom back. And it's not that, you know, you just go sit on a beach and your business deposits large amounts of money into your bank account with little or no work, um, but, but rather you can then start to work on the things that matter. You can work more strategically. You can yeah. take the occasional break and time off and, and the business still functions. Absolutely. I think that whole notion, as we've touched on before, that, that systems and processes actually give you freedom, enhance your freedom. When the penny dropped for me on that one, it was it was such a revelation. And uh, it, it's just so true. So look, um, yeah. your next so point was about the, a the concern about whether people follow systems and processes. Yeah. And, and really the, the key there is um, oftentimes there's just the mis misconception in the business owner's head because maybe they're not a systems person because they're these big picture type people that they think other people won't want to follow systems. But the fact is most team members uh, and contractors that you might work with, um, they want to succeed in their role and they want to do well for you. And the only way to do that is to clearly articulate what it is that they need to do and what success looks like for them. So when you've got existing people that you may have worked with for a long period of time and you, you introduce systems and processes, that is the time at which you will most likely receive resistance because they're used to doing things a certain way and here you are trying to change things and most people don't really like change. But 
for new team members that come on board and this is all they ever know, that this is the way that you assign a task, this is the way that you outline what needs to be done, that's all they know. Mm. So so they will actually follow it and you start to attract the right team members in or contractors uh, that resonate with that way of doing things. Mm. So it's you will find... Um, and you just have to deal with the initial resistance for those existing team members. But part of it is helping them to understand what the benefit is to them as well. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. I think that's a lovely point. And you know, I must say that our experience of that is um, with existing team members is actually I think though we didn't have any resistance because – if anything, it was a sense of uh, elation that oh, thank goodness, they're finally getting their act mm. together. You know, it was that is us, the business owners. Yeah. You know, and and we, what we tended to do in the way that we did it is we really involved every team member as well. So we said, right, this we think is the is the process for the work that you do. But if you can improve it, if you can add to it, if you have a commentary on it, tell us. You know? Yes, and, yeah, and that was, that's key, and, and that was kind of ongoing. So we. You know, we never had a problem with with processes being followed. We Getting them didn't. involved in the process mm. that that's a big part of it. Yeah. If if you get their buy in by having them help to give feedback and evolve the system and process, they're now invested in it and they want to see see mm. it succeed. So that's another great tip. Yeah. Okay. So now the other one was cre- creativity. The, yeah, the, the, and yeah. and this one we kind of touched on, I so probably we don't need to dig too deep into it, yeah. but the. Um, systemization removes creativity. I, I think w- we've kind of hit on it a few points, but the, once you start to see the compound effect that systems have, that that's what makes system um, systemization sometimes a little bit hard, particularly for that solo entrepreneur, is we like to take activities that you see an immediate result for. Mm. I do this and you get that great result. Whereas systems tends to have a little bit of a lag effect. It takes time to get the system documented into place uh, and you don't actually start to see the full effect of systems and processes until you layer multiple systems and processes down. And it's not until you know, you're three, six, 12 months into the process that then you start to realize how effective they've been. Mm. And and that's probably where people get stuck. You just have to um, persist. And when you do, that's when you start to realize you're not creating robots with your staff. Um, what you're actually doing is you're getting all of the, the, the regular day-to-day stuff handled that needs to be done a certain way. So, for example, we used Kate Toon as the um, mentioned her earlier. Let's say with the writing process. Um, maybe when you're working with a client, parts of the process can be well systemized, but then parts you want to leave for creativity. So obviously invoicing the client, getting the scope of works from the client, the way that you run the discovery call, maybe the, you know, a review process. Um, There's things like that, that you can get a set structure down. Uh, And then when it comes to the actual writing component, maybe you just put some, some rough boundaries around it. Um, but what that does is it, it allows you to be more creative because you know all the other stuff is actually being handled. Yeah, totally. And what I also love, I must say, is as a kind of a, uh, when I work with, with other businesses, is when you, when you know that you're in the um, sort of custody of a business that has systems and processes, um, it, it gives you a, a, as a buyer a reassurance, particularly when yes. you know when maybe three months later you use that same business again. 
you know how things roll. You, it, whereas if you're working with someone mm -hmm. with no systems, it's like, oh, well, that's funny. Last time I spoke to them, they didn't ask me to pay 50% up front and they didn't do this, they didn't do that. Now they are. What's got, you know, yes. you avoid inconsistencies. And I think, as you rightly say, by getting all the stuff kind of um, organized and to a degree sort of compartmentalized, leaves you as a business owner to be creative you have the freedom to do what you want to do knowing that the other stuff is all being handled anyway yeah um, mcdonald's mcdonald's so that that's the last myth the myth um and this is very frequent that when people think about systems and processes they think they have to systemize like mcdonald's mm. because that's the poster child of a systemized business yeah and um, but uh what people do is they think about the way that mcdonald's looks today as a 60-year-old company and they try and systemize like that when really they want to be thinking about how do I systemize like McDonald's did 60 years ago when yes. they got started. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a great – well, uh, my response to that would be is go onto Netflix and watch the movie. Was it called The Founder, I think? And uh, there's a fantastic learning as to how those um, those kind of systems were, were initially put in place. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Look, Dave, um, brilliant. It's uh, as I knew it would be. And um, so much sort of gold here for anybody who is in any way struggling with systems. Uh, the place to go, I know, to listen to those podcasts that we mentioned is systemhub.com forward slash podcast. Um, and it's been great having you. So um, look, we, we must get you back again in a couple of years. So Dave Jennings, thanks very much for sharing your time with Flying Solo. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And look, this episode was supported by Flying Solo's premium membership stacks of low-cost tools and promotional benefits to help your business thrive. More details on the website. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 